I think it's really charming. Javier yeah. Bardem uh, uh-huh. is like he really dances in that movie, and I think it's so mm. fun to watch him like do on full like he like does like the like slide and like put your hands out move like three or four times in it, and every time it just like made me like giggle with delight. That's I was funny. so I was so charmed by him. In I'll it. get I'll get um, to it. I think. Yeah, I think it's like you know it. It doesn't really make sense, and they like paper over some yeah. of the plot stuff. But uh, I think it's fun, and yeah, I do yeah. think that one, the one, the one main song that like Javier Bardem sings at the beginning that reprises a couple times, I think is really good. Yeah. Um, we love Bardem. Uh, we love Scoot. We love Brett Gelman. We of love course, Lyle. yes. <laughs> yep, Brett Gelman as Mr. Grumps is a great, is a is a <laughs> one, Mendes, one. The, the change maker. That's award, right. Yeah. We, we know and let me tell you, this crocodile is making fucking change. He is. Wow. Uh, wow. He is helping okay. people with their hobbies. Is what he is doing. Oh, that's um, good. <laughs> uh, that's seems to be the main it, lyle's a tough character because he doesn't talk he only sings which uh, I, and, is uh, not the case in the book i don't believe oh really yeah is that true uh yeah it seems like it would be the conceit i don't know um but yeah uh he's uh he he really loves to help people out and like make them make their hobbies better like singing whether it's singing right. uh, cooking uh, or uh wrestling are the three main ones that he engages in in the movie okay uh Anyway, I guess... Yeah. Oh, welcome to Can I Kick. This is a podcast about film festivals. My name is Jesse Catherine Weber, and I'm joined by... Andy Gramuga, who I got free jalapenos when I got my nachos, and that's what I wanted to talk about anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so sorry. Is that normal? I'm so sorry for I don't think so. I think normally, normally it's like a 65 cent charge, but then uh, after they rung me up, he's like, oh, do you want jalapenos? And I said, yes, and then he gave me the jalapenos for free. Jesus, okay. Uh, call it actually. <laughs> Emilio Diaz. <laughs> We're back in. We're time traveling. It's Denis month again. All of a sudden. No. <laughs> Denis week. Yeah. Yes. We're back. So in we're, we're yeah. We're still. There's like three that we haven't talked about. Two or three that we just like haven't oh, straight no, up there's discussed. There's more. There's several. Oh, is there? I think. E- uh, we haven't talked about Nanette and Bunny. We haven't talked about. Right. We can do another no episode no when, the, yeah, when the it's, No Fear No Die restoration comes out. It's literally it's all mostly, the ones I haven't seen is the ones I mean, that we haven't talked about. I mean, it's mostly the 90s. No yeah, yeah, that no one's seen. Uh, they're, sure. Yeah. That might be it. These are, Those they're like full features? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Um, but yeah, we're, we're keeping up we're, with, yeah, uh, there's, uh, keeping up with Claire. Yeah, there's two new ones. She put out two this year. <laughs> yep. Both Sides of the Blade, Berlin premiere, one Best Director, Stars at Noon, uh, Cannes premiere, won the Grand Prix. She couldn't fit in a Venice movie, unfortunately. No. Uh, last person to do all three, 
I think not in a calendar year, but consecutive festivals sure. is, of course, Ulrich Seidel. Mm. I knew you would have that stat on the top of your head, uh-huh. Jesse. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, well, you know, he's in the news. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, you know, we've talked about Claire Denis a bunch. We famously devoted a whole month to it. Uh, maybe you heard about it in Vulture. Um <laughs> yeah <laughs> but you heard about it <laughs> on a print article <laughs> read about what is this you're nitpicking my all right anyway um but yeah so you know uh it's it's now both of them are available the both sides of the blade has been out for a while um yeah it's an ifc I mean, it's, release yes right? it's ifc yeah. it it was released in theaters several months ago. I think it didn't come out on VOD or digitally until yeah. towards the end of last month. It yeah, has, it yeah. Like a, it it has not yet made its right. way into uh, AMC+. Sure. Sorry to say. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, of course. And then, yeah, and then Stars at Noon dropped day and date. Yeah. was in theaters and was also on VOD. And I believe mm-hmm. is going to be on Hulu, like, next week, or, like, within the next two weeks, I think. It's going to be on Hulu very sure. Short, I believe. They've got to keep looping in different streaming services, <laughs> I guess. Yeah, until... it was like, we do a little bit of Showtime, I we'll mean, do a little bit of Hulu. They're, like, the can I kick it of distributors in that they keep just trying to make connections with different streaming <laughs> right. services in the hopes that one of them will acquire them. But it hasn't happened yet. Uh, we'll see. Here's hoping. It really seems more like they're trying to use one credit card to pay off another credit card. <laughs> yeah. You know, maybe. That's uh, an apt analogy, I think. Um, yeah, but so I guess, yeah, let's, I guess both sides of the blade, p- played Berlin, one best director, uh-huh. as we said, um, is uh, some of her classic collaborators... Yep. Right, we've got. Um, I mean, Benoche. Yeah, Benoche is pretty new. Got on board in Let the Sunshine In, but has sure. was then in the following two movies, including Both Sides of the Blade. Yeah, Vincent Lindon, uh, who she's worked. I ended think, up first giving her in... uh, her Grand Prix for uh, yep. Stars at Noon later this That's year. That's right. Later yeah, year. they first worked together um, in uh, Friday Night, and then. Uh, his bastards also Gregoire Kalan, of course, from uh, mm-hmm. um, U.S. Go Home. Yeah, U.S. Go Home. Botrevai, Lintru. He's in a lot of the great ones. Yeah. Uh, Madi Diop's also back mm-hmm. in a little yep. role. Uh, Bull Ogier, who I don't think she's worked with before, but is like in Jacques Rivette and Marguerite Duras movies, uh, playing Lindon's yeah. mother. She's also in, uh, Irma Vep, the movie. Uh, maybe oh, we'll sure. loop back on Irma Vep at some point. Who knows? Uh. Sure. That episode was weirdly seen. popular. We got good download numbers. Yeah. Talk shop well, a bit. and I bet, cool. I bet if we do, uh, four months later, uh, mm-hmm. catch up, that'll also do great numbers. Right. So ch- uh, get get excited about the Irma Veptacular. Uh but then, then yeah, um... uh, it, I, I mean you know I, I think at... famously 
Famously, the title was contentious. It was called... That's right, yes. It was Fire, fire for... It was called Fire for a while. That that was, like, the working title, and then I think she was, like, it was never supposed to be called that. It was just what I was using as the working title. And then IFC was like, actually, we like Fire better. We're gonna call it that. And then something happened at, where they were like, At some point, they reversed course on that. that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I don't know. She sent goons after them, I guess. And we're glad she won, because it's a much better title. Uh, and then, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I think the reception at Berlin was, like, solid. I don't think you had a lot of people saying it was one of her best movies, but it was well-reviewed and certainly not a surprise that it won a prize. Uh, and then, yeah, you had Stars at Noon at Cannes, Margaret Qualley, Joe Alwyn, Danny Ramirez, Benny Softie, Lil John C. Riley cameo. Uh, and everyone says, this thing is, uh, garbage fire. And it is a surprise when it wins an award, though not entirely, because Lindon was the jury president. Uh, and then both of the movies come out, and I feel like, both sides of the blade, there was definitely, as soon as it premiered stateside, there were rumblings of, like, oh, this one isn't actually very good. Uh, and then eventually the opposite happened with Stars at Noon where uh it it came stateside and people were like come on this one's great and i'm here to tell yeah. you they're both good <laughs> the uh the new york premiere for uh for stars at noon was mm-hmm. met with a very warm reception is what yes. i would say yes it was a definitely that... yeah i mean it was short it was pretty shortly before it came out it was like it mm-hmm. was early this month at new york and yeah, definitely it was like, oh, this is turning around. And then I feel like yeah. it came out and it turned around even more fully. Yeah. And so, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, I just the, the very short version is I like both of them. I like Stars at Noon better, but I think they are both good. And Stars at Noon, I think, is her best movie in a while. I think both sides of the blade is like good. I don't think it's quite as good as let the sun shine in or high life. Uh, but I like it. I think there's interesting stuff going on. And then yeah, stars so, is just great. Quali's uh, going off. Yeah. Um, due to unforeseen scheduling conflict, I was not able to see both sides of the blade. Uh-huh. So, what is it about? <laughs> sure. Uh, sure. You want to do it's, it, Andy? Uh, yeah, I mean, it's a pretty simple setup where yes. it's, like, it's just, like, a relationship story. Like, yeah, it is, sure. um, uh, you have Benoche and uh, uh, Lindon, who are, like, a, a, they're a couple in France. Uh, they have, you find out that their history, like, she was with another guy who, yes. like, was his business partner. And then yes, he was in yeah, and he was in jail. Vin- Vincent Lindon was yes, in jail Lindon for a little while. Um, he had he's like a former a, rugby player. Yes. He had a kid with someone else before he went to jail. Who the kid is living with his mother, and that, yeah. that's Belogier's his mother. Yeah, uh, and then so then after after like you establish this sort of scenario, the the her former partner who comes comes back into their life. 
as yeah. it starts with he's like forming a business partnership with Lindon as like a right. rugby agents or something managers yeah. uh sports business stuff uh and then yeah. she her relationship with him sort of gets rekindled a little bit and it just sort of right. plays out I mean from it there. so the yeah I mean it very it, it starts out with just like her and Lindon on vacation and then they get back and she like goes to work and just like sees Gregoire yes. Calan on his motorcycle that he like is back in Paris, I guess, and she's immediately like, "Oh no, this is gonna be a problem," uh, and then it turns yeah. out to be a problem. Yeah, and so and then there's also like there's a there's a whole subplot with his um yes. his son and the, yeah. the mother who cares for him and who like the son's having a rough yeah. time and isn't yeah. like is acting out and and tries to run away at one point and the... yeah uh, I mean, but yeah it's, it's just... yes his son is uh biracial he clearly has no idea how to deal right. with that his mother is not really in the picture the, the mother of the son yeah well he's not really in the picture I mean, right yeah he's not either yeah. but she's even less in the picture it's mostly just his mother caring for the son uh like yes. in a and Get, she's like, like several hours away. Yeah, and she's like, I'm at the end of my rope with this. Like, I don't know yes. how to raise this child anymore. I'm too old. Yeah, uh, is sort of her a lot of her deal. Um, so yeah, that's the basics of it. And then, like, yeah. do you want to hear how it ends, or do you want to? <laughs> um, I guess it's up to you all. Whatever you want to talk about. Sure. I mean, I can say that I feel like I feel like maybe the problem that people had with it is just like that it is like such a sort of rote premise of this love triangle and just that like the Lindon character kind of just seems like a jackass and it's like of course they shouldn't be together and I think that's kind of the case like he does suck he's a really awful father he's not a very good partner but I think it's somewhat interesting just like watching the beginning again this morning i thought it was interesting like feeling the tension of like uh, the very short time in the movie before gregoire Catalan's character is reintroduced that like you can kind of feel that like their relationship is not very perfect it, 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 or it isn't perfect sorry and it's not surprising that cracks immediately formed in it when pressure was put on it but also that, like, it does kind of feel like, no, they were, like, pretty happy together, and had this not happened, yeah. they probably would have just been together. They they weren't married, but they probably would have just been together for the rest of their lives and been, like, fairly happy. And so it is this interesting tension of just, like, is it a good thing that this happened and that they do end up breaking up? Uh, or would it have been better if just they left stuck with the status quo uh and so i don't know I, and you know it doesn't have an answer to that question it's just sort of mining that tension and then uh pretty much and it, it does just kind of end with linda and being like i don't know i guess i still love you we could keep trying and then she just doesn't answer and he leaves and then the yeah. movie ends, and she go, or she has to go buy a new phone because her phone fell in the bathtub. That's true. <gasps> yeah, classic relatable problem. Yeah. Um, and then the the Tinder Sticks song with the title in it kicks in. 
Sure. And the credits roll. <clears throat> yeah. And then there's footage of him watching kids play rugby over the credits rolling. Right. That's right. There is a classic Denny uh, credit credits are rolling, but there's still stuff happening. Uh-huh. Uh, a thing going on there. Did um, you like the movie, Andy? I quite liked it, yes. I um, was like, oh, like, like it's just like... The, simp- the simplicity of the story, I think, was, like, really helpful to me, especially coming off mm-hmm. Stars at Noon, which I found a little befuddling. Um, sure. I uh, was, like, really into just, like, oh, like, these are, like, really good actors, like, performing simple scenes with each other that, like, I can understand and, like, really, like, hook up into and, like, really, like, see how they're processing the emotions and how they're, like, and, and like, how the, the, the complexity of, like, what's going on underneath uh, is... is coupled with, like, the simplicity of the story, I thought was, like, a real, like, easy watch for me. I really, like, was, like, just, like, in with it, like, really, like, th- I thought the arguments that they had were, like, interesting and fun to watch. I thought that, like, the 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 scenario and the dilemma was, like, legitimately, like, interesting to watch. I wasn't maybe as, like, down on Lindon's character as it sounds like you were, Jesse. Like, I wasn't, like, oh, he's, like, the worst. Get away from him, necessarily. Like... I don't know. Like I, 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 mean, I, I thought it was. He certainly is, is a flawed person. <laughs> sure. I mean, this it, it is more just like during the course of the movie, he frequently behaves like a jackass. Less than sure. like I think he is the worst necessarily. Sure. Um. Yeah. So I, I, I yeah. I just really like. I was. I. I thought it was like just straight down the middle. Like good drama. Like like yeah. fun to watch drama that like i was like this is like a classic like good movie like good yeah, job and you just did like it a like good, great characters that sort yeah of thing. just like a good actors showcase good kind of yeah. bit of writing yeah. uh yeah i basically agree with that i think yeah i what don't did know you think emilio <laughs> He's doing his not a fan <laughs> all right uh big sticky banana I, face as we used to say Mm-hmm. Yeah, the sticky banana face. I don't know. I I don't. I guess that's maybe a little too harsh. I don't think it's like terrible. I don't. Maybe not even that bad. But I truly. I don't think it's like interesting enough to sustain its runtime. I don't think any of these characters are like people I find in like intriguing enough to wonder why these things happen to each other. I think. And the thing is, I don't think I've ever. I don't think that that's ever been a problem for me with the new movies previously. I think she does sort of work from like a space of distance with her characters. Mm-hmm. And I mostly find that intriguing, but I think with other performances and other like other sort of things depicted in her movies, I, there is enough happening behavioral behaviorally that is being observed for me to like engage with an interesting piece of like emotional text. And here, everything just felt very, like, I don't know, like I'd seen it before. Like, it just feels like I I, I got it from the second, I got it from like 20 minutes in. And I didn't really, I didn't really find it fascinating. All the stuff with the kid just like did nothing for me. By the time they're arguing about their relationship, I, by the end, I, I'm like, yeah, sure, whatever. These people could break up or not break up. I don't really care either way. Like, they... I don't think there is that much interesting texture. I feel like the way it handles the Kalan character is very weird because I feel like the way we've been describing it and makes you think of like 
a sort of interesting movie where this person sort of like slowly comes back in the picture and you sort of have to like gauge where your love and your allegiance lies but no instead it's just like he shows up and she's instantly the most in love with him that any person has ever been with any other person and you're just like oh yeah Vincent Lindon's not gonna handle this well like that this is just what's gonna happen and there's like an hour 20 worth of movie left until they have like whatever their version of the blow-up is I think there is some interesting stuff I think that the scene at the end of him being like I forgive you. We can make this work if you say you're in love with me. That's an interesting scene of just like how fast like these hot emotions can sort of turn from one direction to the other and how people can sort of instantly regret things. But apart from like little moments like that, I overall did not engage with that much. Uh, yeah, I don't know. It it's definitely it hasn't stuck with me a ton though like as i said like revisiting it i was more into the bits that i rewatched than i maybe expected it to be or than i expected to be so yeah i it and i don't know i would be i i do agree that like it feels it does feel like it like is dragging at points in a way that uh, Stars at Noon did not feel to me, despite being a little bit longer. And I mean, I don't know. I mean, if we can start talking about Stars at Noon, sure. I find Andy's comment that it's befuddling to be interesting, because I also think it's a pretty simple movie. It's just about this, like, idiot racist lady who's like I'm gonna go to Nicaragua and be a journalist and figure things out and is just like running around ruining people's lives it's it's pretty it's you know I guess there are like plot things that are complicated but they don't really matter they're all just that thing happening and then like her doing it in service of this shitty relationship that she has with Joe Alwyn's character and I just think uh, they are both very good uh and so it works what did you think of the stars at noon or sorry stars at noon because the book the novella is the stars at noon sure and then she just like took sean parker's advice and dropped the the um, yeah that's what she was doing she was uh, like, <laughs> what did you think how of do i get the napster feel on this <laughs> yeah i really completely like was not engaged by it. like it was just like a a classic like I don't care about these people. I don't understand who they are. I don't understand why I'm watching them. I, I like, I don't give a shit movie. And like, I felt no emotional engagement with anything happening on the screen. I couldn't get, get a single grasp of like why the characters were worth following really. Like, and it seemed to me like a completely, like, I don't understand why this, why we're telling this story of, of these people specifically. Like, it's just like, it was not interesting and it was straggy as it was so long. Every time something, new intro happened or was introduced i was like why are we still dealing with these people like i just wanted i wanted it to end that's an interesting question why are these people worth following <laughs> is that a, I, I feel like that is pretty broad to levy sure. against this movie um i mean i'm just saying like i it never hooked me it never sold sure, me sure, on, sure, like, sure, sure, this is yeah. worth your time <laughs> yeah i mean I don't know. I love it so much. I think it is, 
probably in conversation for me as like one of her best movies. Um, I'm still very like hot off of it, having just watched it a few days ago. Um, so I mean, obviously the opinion could change, but this is just where I'm at now. Um, I don't know. It's just like, like Jesse was saying, I think Quali is so good, and she's someone who I've always been like. Because I, I, I remember when it was announced that she was going to be in the Yorgos Lanthimos movie. I was like, what do we do? Like, this is going to be not good. <laughs> like, it was just like, uh, it sounded sour in my mind. I was like, did we already, like, lose the chance for Quali to, like, do good stuff? <laughs> and, because uh, I remember, like, liking her in Leftovers. Um, yeah. I remember, then, like, I remember. She's good in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Sure, in uh, um, the Good Guys or Nice Guys, the Nice Guys. Nice sure, guys. Nice Guys. I is was like, like I, I was really like, like what? But... Yeah, I don't really like that movie, but when I remember, I was watching that movie in the theater. Maybe I've told this story, and I was like, oh yeah, Marco Colley's good. I and then I like bought the first season of The Leftovers on Blu-ray as I was wow. watching the movie because it was an empty theater, and I was like, I I because I had I'd seen the show already. But I was like, I should oh, own oh, oh. I should own that show sure, on pre HBO yeah. Max era. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and then it's like between Sanctuary and this, I'm just like completely sold on her now. I think um, Helen's lining up his maid binge watch for for next. Week. Uh, yeah, <laughs> um, but it, it's like she captures something from the novella, which I think I was talking about this on Twitter about how I think Dennis Johnson and Claire Denis. Like I'm not I'm not super familiar with Johnson's other work. Um, but when I was reading it just in anticipation of the movie, I was like, I could see how, like, Denis could sort of sink her teeth into something like this. It's a very, like, ambling uh, story. It's got this, like, um, obviously it's a very physical, uh, a lot of physical relationships. And that's like a, you know, I, I feel like the sort of human desire is always a big thing of, uh, Denis uh curiosity she's always like interested in exploring that concept um but then there's like a thing that uh, i i found it to be like a pretty uh faithful adaptation which i was surprised by because i i think we talked about it when we were just like briefly talking about it in last week's episode um that denia had adapted a few things previously and, you know, the, the nature of adaptation, obviously, is, like, less of a interesting conversation than just, like, what is happening in the film itself. But she usually uh, will sort of take, like, hints of things, I feel like. Or, like, take ideas and, like, uh, feelings from whatever she's adapting. Uh, specifically thinking about uh, Lantru. Um, but then here I was just, like surprised at how faithful it was and there's like things where uh quali's character trish is like like there's a moment like very early on where she like instantly starts crying like when she's in the bathroom at the uh mcdonald's at the beginning and i was like whoa this is like exactly from the book they like keep always they're talking about how she's like because it's narrated by the the main character mm-hmm. and the novella and uh she's like She's like, I'm crying again. And, like, they capture that here. She's, like, always almost on the brink of tears. Um, and I think, like, Quali plays it with a great depth where I'm just, like, uh, you just feel, like, 
this person who, like Jesse was saying, is like a racist lady. There's that bit where she's like walking down the street screaming about like how they're gonna like uh, come in and fix everything and get rid of all like the like gross people or whatever. She's saying like something incredibly cruel. And yeah. she's just like screaming because she had like a bad experience with a taxi or something, and then, um, but it's it's this thing where it's just like, and they they say it a bunch in the film, where she's like, I wanted to see what hell looked like, and there's people talk about this sort of purgatorial nature of everything that happens here, um, but I, I I think she really like uh, quality with her performance uh, and like the physicality of it really captures this like. Uh, I, I mean, I don't even know how to like, explain it. Just like, not depression, but just like full, like full body sadness <laughs> that is like barely contained. And uh, and mm-hmm. speaking to her and like Alwyn, I think they're both same sides of the coin in an interesting way. Where it's like they're both people who are like, "Well, I've got it figured out. Like, I can do this." Right. And it's like Alwyn thinks that, and he really can't. And then Quali's like, "I can do it a little bit," but then also she really can't. Like the yeah. second she needs help from these sort of like uh, bureaucrats that she's trying to get through, like to when she's trying to get her passport yeah. or when she's trying to uh, convert her, her her currency. It's like the second she hits a wall, it's like the "Well, I can figure it out." Like goes away. And I think it's like played. To me, or I, mean, I, th- I feel like a lot of people have this opinion, but I feel like with Alan, it's played to a lot more humor, where it's like, <laughs> there's a scene where he's like, I can't speak Spanish, and like I, he's on the phone, and it's like, you went to Nicaragua to do a business deal and didn't think to learn Spanish at all, and it's like, that is who that guy is completely, I think, where it's like, and I, w- I was watching uh, Doctor Strangelove recently, and I was thinking about Alan as like, this guy who somewhat has a position of power, like, wherever he is from he's doing like presumably like a, a large money deal with these like oil uh tycoons in Nicaragua. Well, hold on. My maybe I'm wrong cuz I haven't read the book. My impression was that the oil thing was a front and he is involved in trying to get these elections that they're talking about to go off. He's doing something that will like he's trying to be involved in something that will be like a big player move, like not big player in like the like success grind set sense, but like just like he's trying to be involved in this thing and it, right. watching I mean, Doctor I, Strange Love. Oh, go ahead. I, I was. I think he's just again. This is not actually what's important. Like the the mechanisms of like what sure. everyone is trying to accomplish exactly, but I think he is just uh basically on the opposite side of Benny Softy's characters. Softy is just kind of facilitating yeah. this like US interventionism and Alwyn's character is trying to counter that, but also mm-hmm. via interventionism. Sure, yeah. Um but it's just like the sort of idea of these bozos and like Yeah. Mildly high po- high positions. <laughs> right. Yeah. And then like Safty as like the sort of uh because he's like a cia guy and he comes in yeah. like so late uh-huh. and um he's also got that great just like little bit where they're like uh when they're on their way out like before she uh is able to um like before they like split before he's like captured before alwyn's captured it's like um the guy from costa rica who was with alwyn and mm-hmm. safety 
are both like drinking and Safety like takes a sip and he's like, oh, and just like yeah. looks at this like normal beer and is like going yeah. to throw up. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I think like uh, Quali and Alwyn play great together. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, I, to talk a little about Quali, I know you were earlier. I <laughs> I, I basically agree. I mean, the and, and sh- her performance is interesting to compare to Benoche's just in terms of like Benoche's so controlled in both sides of the blade and like that works fine but like it is just fascinating to see Quali just giving like an exact opposite performance of that and putting it into a Claire Denis movie where it's just like can you imagine if Claire, De- if uh, J- Juliette Binoche in both sides of the blade went to the store, bought two things, and then started singing a little song about the things that she bought? It's just like you don't know at any. And I, you know, I've been tweeting Brum and Shampoo over and over because of the little thing she sings that. It's a big stu- thing. It, she it's just they really yeah. It's just stuck in yeah, my head. It's so random. Uh, but just like. It's not really random. They don't have shampoo. <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, she needs shampoo and she wants rum. But, uh, yeah, sure. I mean, it is just like the, the sort of unpredictability of that performance is just very mm-hmm. exciting, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Where, I mean, I just like, I, it completely shut me out. I like had no way into who, the, what the character was. Like, I just found it befuddling and confusing and like was like, I don't, I don't care about you anymore. Like, I, there's no way, I don't know what's happening here. I don't know who you are. Like, I, she was just too erratic for me to, like, connect with them anymore. Sure. <laughs> yeah. And well, he's, like, trying to pick up a wet bar of soap. <laughs> he's like, I quit! <laughs> um, but, yeah, I mean, just sort of uh, formally, I think it looks incredible. Uh, there's, like, a lot of these shots... Where they're, uh, whenever she's like in the Intercontinental, like the uh, Alwyn's Hotel near the beginning, where it's like mm-hmm. very sort of low yellow lighting, and it's like there's shots of uh, quality where it's like you can see just so much like reflected in her eyes. I'm like, how do they get this shot? It's like crazy mm-hmm. looking. And then um, the Tinder Six score is yeah. I, I said it on Letterbox. It's like the best of the year, and I'm like, oh, I mean, I think both of the Tinder Six scores are like sure, yeah, incredible. The both sides of the blade one is really good too. I do need to see that one, and I, I mean, uh, I really the scene in the movie where they're like at the dance scene where it cuts the audio and starts playing Tinder Six uh, Stars at Noon. I was like, holy shit. Because mm-hmm. uh, that song is just so good. And I've been listening yeah. to it for so long. Yeah, the like the both sides out. of the blade, the whole score is not on Spotify. And I don't think it's been released anywhere else. But the song sure. is. Sure, yeah. Uh, uh, what did you think, Amelia? You saw it can. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's weird because now I'm stuck in this weird position where I basically liked it more than anyone it can, but I like it less than than almost everyone mm-hmm. here, I guess, apart from, like, Andy. And, but, sure, but uh, all of the people who have seen it in the last week, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I think Quali's good. I think what I appreciate about this movie, I think, is what sort of what I was talking about with both sides of... It's very behavioral. Mm-hmm. I don't think 
it like lets you get at these characters just by like what they're doing moment to moment and how they move and how they sort of bounce off each other. It obviously due to the like complicated nature of what the characters are doing, just like both interpersonally and what their relationships to each other really mean and like what does that mean to get out of the country, which is like sort of what the movie's about. It it sort of has to play there there is a level of subterfuge being played between these characters and it allows you to sort of pick and choose what sort of things you want to latch on to to each of them. Uh, I really like Quali. Alwyn, I think, is very interestingly used. I think it's a compelling dynamic between the both of them, and I think he does a good job of being blank enough to let Quali sort of paint all over him. Other parts of the movie I am less sure of, like, I, I have mentioned this on the podcast, I think, before, of just, like, I am sort of tired of the, like, we're going to go into, like, some foreign country to make a point about how white people are bad movies. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's, like, Claire Denis has certainly made those movies before, uh-huh. though, but yeah. it's, like... Her first movie, basically. <laughs> yeah. Right. And white, mater- white material, which I don't like nearly as much. Yeah, white material, which I think is, like, basically straight up bad. <laughs> Yeah, but I I still enjoy it. I think it's like, weirdly, I think if I had to point out a similarity between this and both sides of the blade is that I think they're both sort of like, Denis can be a person whose movies are very elusive, and I think both of these movies actually aren't that elusive, at least on first blush. Like, both sides of the blade is a fairly typical mm-hmm. relationship drama, and stars at noon you can latch on to the like we're trying to get out of this country like thriller like political thriller aspects of it and then there is sort of other stuff sprinkled on top of it i guess i just sort of prefer the bones of what stars at noon is rather than yeah like an espionage thriller (laughs) yeah rather than like the millionth french like these people kind of have a complicated relationship to each other drama that i've seen for yeah. this podcast. Yeah, I mean, I I have found it interesting that I feel like I've heard people say in both directions, like, oh, she's not actually interested in the relationship stuff. She's just interested in the political stuff. And then I've also <laughs> heard people say, oh, she's not really interested in the political stuff. She's only interested in the religion stuff. And it just seems very a strange way to look at the movie. Like, I at least understand where Andy's coming from. Just like, I don't give a shit about this. This is boring. To to just, like, assume what part of the movie she is interested in uh, seems like a strange way to look at it. Because, like, she put both of the things in the movie. She made the movie that had both of those elements. It's clear that there's a reason why they both exist. Uh, I mean, and there's through lines to draw throughout her entire career to right. start anew. Like, yes. Right. Um, I, yeah, that would be a silly thing to say. <laughs> people who are, I've seen this as well. People are, uh, people are being weird about Claire Denis. Yeah. <laughs> Believe it and or it not. Comes from, <laughs> it comes from time. a lot of places. Like, I, I totally understand and I'm like still reckoning with myself just like the 
way that she deals with colonialism and the extent to which it's been a theme throughout the work and of like if she actually has anything interesting to say about it. I I mean I think that yeah. uh I find interesting what I think uh Sam Bedrogen said about it, which is like this is of her movies doing that the one that feels the most potentially self-critical of, like, I think there are ways in which she identifies with the Margaret Qualley character of, like, why is this white lady running in here and trying to, uh, you know, and in the case of Trish, trying to do her journalism or whatever about it, and in the case of yeah. Claire Denis trying to make all these yeah. movies about colonialism. And so I think that's why this one works better for me than, like, white material. Uh, and yeah, and then I think there's also just the other direction of, like, people who, like, saw High Life because it had a movie star in it and was A24 and were like, what the fuck is this? And are now just, like, resent that they got, uh, uh, exposed to that. And so I think that, it, it's an oversimplification to say it's, like, a confluence of those two things, but I think those two things have a lot to do with, like, how this movie that, like, I got received it can is just, like, a disaster, which, like, I think even most of the people who, now that it's coming out, are seeing it, there's still people I've seen who, like, have issues with it and are skeptical of it, and don't really like it, but I've seen very few people seeing it now being like, this movie is a disaster, which to me it is yeah. clearly not. Yeah. It is like, um, like, like you were saying, Emilio, it is like a very, uh, w with all of the sort of moving pieces and whatever level of complexity that is like, quote unquote, actually happening, the sort of bones of it are very simple. Where it's just like, yeah, this person is like, in this country, uh, sort of like, uh, in a bad way, like, trying to get out, <laughs> and then yeah. happens to bump into this other person who's like, in this country for a reason they shouldn't be, and the, the, the magnetism between them, and it's like, very clear, I think, to follow what Quali is like, trying to do, which is just like, convert her money and go to Costa Rica, and then right. leave, like, yeah. Uh, and just getting, like, they really nail it, or, like, uh, hammer it in, in the novella of, like, she calls Alwyn's character to check on him, and that's, like, when she finds out that they say that he's been checked out of the hotel. And it's, like, mm -hmm. uh, that call being sort of the downfall of the character, where it's, like, couldn't leave well enough alone, couldn't just, like, let this guy, like, be a one-night stand like so many others or whatever. Mm -hmm. And then just getting wrapped into his uh, more higher-profile problems than hers, right. which is just, like, her own issue with her passport rather than, like, a full matter of, like, a, a corporate or political espionage and all this. And it's just, like, an interesting thing to, like, drop that type of character into a story, like, where it would be the story is, like, traditionally would be, I think, like, more just about Alwyn, which is, I think, mm -hmm. yeah. a fun subversion in the novella and also sort of mm -hmm. given life uh, in the film uh, in a very uh, interesting way, I think. Right. And then yeah. also I mean... kind of uh, 
ends at the point of, like, oh, she doesn't actually, like, have any ideology or, like, thing, real thing that she is trying mm -hmm. to work for, and so she just ends up basically being fine, because she's finally just like, oh, whatever, I'll just sell all in out, and yeah, it'll, <laughs> everything will get worked out, and I mean, I really like that Benny Softy performance of just, like, he is very is almost he is kind of like the same as the Alwyn character except he just is on the side that wins and just knows that and has the smugness that comes with that and I I, I really like that performance and the way that kind of like as soon as he's introduced it's like oh, okay this guy is gonna get what he wants he's uh that worked I I just think he's very good and just like yeah. is funny in the same way that like Quali is funny. Yeah, I mean, look, I'm always a fan of Benny Zafdi. I, I, people hate him. People are getting yeah. sick of him already. I he's have no the idea worst. why. He's I hate him. Just so much. a normal good actor who he always also was a good feels director. like. I always feel like he's like reading his lines off the page. Like I never feel anything beneath his lines when he says them. I mean, That's it crazy. is weird of like these roles that he's been put into of like. The, the Ligorish Pizza role is, like, very much, like, a character who's giving a performance. So, like, that... I, I don't think you saw that, Andy, but, like, that makes sense for that character. And I... I it is one of the performances in that movie that I like more of the, like, uh, people who had acted previously. Uh, and then, yeah, I mean, this kind of functions in a similar way of just like this guy who when he is introduced is also giving a performance of just being like hey i'm just a cool guy you don't know i'm here for the first time let's just hang out uh but it's very clear that it's a performance and so i don't know i mean it is it is weird roles that he has been put into and I wonder how much of it is like I really want to be an actor and how much of it is like I just want to work from these directors and learn from them it will be very interesting to see what him in uh are you there god it's me Margaret is like yeah. as just mm. the dad um I feel like that'll be that's like he I don't know that seems like a very like down the middle like easy win for sure Sapped. Yeah, He's I'm not saying like, I think he'll be bad. It's just a different sure, kind sure. of thing. I, and I also like. I I maybe this is just like a naivete oh. against the the business, but I'm like how people are like oh, Benny Safdie's like in another movie. The guy who like directs is uh, forcing his way into these movies. I'm like, I feel like directors that he works with wouldn't be like. This guy who fucking, like, made this popular movies, like, wants to be in mine. So I guess I'll just let him. Like, it's people sure, that I think I mean, it's also like him silly in our... Like, in I feel like Denis wouldn't entertain that, really. Like, I mean, I don't know that she necessarily wouldn't. But the other thing is just like, oh, what? You are worried that he's taking jobs from some nepotism baby? Like, who cares? If, if you sure. think he's bad, then that's fine. But to be like, oh, Benny Softy shouldn't be in movie in movies too is just silly. Yeah. I don't really like him as far as it. Sorry. I don't really like him as far as it. Sure. I don't really like him in Liquor Pizza, which I recently saw. I think 
He gives a very good performance in Good Time. I think he is capable of being a good actor. I have never seen him in, I mean, I guess it's just those two movies where I'm just like, I would rather that just be like some character actor. I would rather just that just be like some guy with a face. But So it's because I mean, it's Bindi Safdie you don't like it? No, it's not that. I think, I, I don't know. I guess it's like, it being him is not completely anti. I, I guess he he just has a very strong look and it has a very specific thing. And I don't know if that specific thing and strong look is what I'm looking for in either of those licorice pizza characters or this Starlet Noon character. Sure. Uh... I think I think by the end that character mostly ends up being successful because he's just like being deployed interestingly. But I think. I think Alwyn is a character. I think Alwyn is a guy who's being used very interestingly, but also sort of is very competent as an actor to at how to like lean into it. And sometimes, and like, it, I think it varies scene to scene whether I think that Safdie character is like working for me or not. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Especially because I think, I think Denis. Is a very specific director, and that again, she's very behavioral. Like she sort of, what you get from a, a character in her movie is a lot of like how they move and how they look at something right. and how they react to something and what their eyes are doing. And I think there isn't enough of that with that character. I think there, there, there is sort of like a stillness to that character that is like maybe seems unintentional which is i think sort of what andy is getting at where it's like it it doesn't read there is maybe something interesting there but i don't know if i'm reading it on screen apart from just like whatever function it's serving yeah huh I'm not mad about whatever his career is as an actor or whatever. I assume he's going to be very good and funny in that TV show with... Oh, with Emma Stone. Sure, I mean, that they they co-wrote that one. That's more him just being in his thing. I liked that short film we watched for him, like, with his performance in. Oh, yeah. In it. Uh... He's clearly a very funny guy, IRL. <laughs> but I, it, I don't know. Coffee. It just dipped the pickle into his coffee. I, it, it just does not. I don't know if it fully gets there. I, it's like, I'm not mad he's in it, but I am often when I think about Stars at Noon, I'm like, I wonder if this other person was doing that if I would have liked it more. Hmm. Whereas, like, I don't feel that way about quality. And Alwyn is like a maybe, but I like what Alwyn is doing enough that I'm not like constantly worrying about like what if Pattinson had actually. Oh yeah, I mean I think Pattinson would not. Or Taron Egerton or whatever. Egerton would have been an upgrade for sure. I just don't like Taron Egerton. I have no idea what the Taron Egerton version of this performance looks like. Uh, Robert Pattinson is sort of more inherently mysterious in a way that I think would negatively affect that character of like it does make more you don't it it's better for you not to be like wondering what's going on with him because he is kind of a blank slate 
than to be like, ooh, this guy's inter. If you were like, this guy's really interesting, what's going on with this guy? It wouldn't work as well, I don't think. Yeah, I feel like Pattinson... Maybe. There's not a thing... There's, there's a thing in with Alan where it feels like um, he's playing a character that's trying very hard to be cool. And I feel right. like... I don't know if I could see that with Pat. Like, Pattinson, I feel like... Right. Like you're saying, the inherent mystery. I think he's, like, him trying to be I don't to think he's cool. a very mysterious person. Sorry? But uh, I don't think Pattinson... Oh, I'm just saying this what this example was. Just that... Yeah. Um, uh, I feel like him playing a guy who's trying to be cool, I would be... Like, it would just feel like a cool guy, I think. Right. Um, I mean, like... The meta text of like bringing it partially of him bring that I know he was right in the last at the last second, but the meta text of just like oh they're bringing in Joe Alwyn, what do we care about Joe Alwyn at all? Works with that character of like having the same thing of like do we give a shit about this character, which I know yeah. is the problem for Andy of we don't, but yeah yeah, but I feel like Alwyn. Uh, the four performances I've seen from him yeah. are all pretty different. Oh, and like, yeah. I, yeah, I, I, mean, I am yeah. now at the point of, like, I like him. I like him. Yes. Yeah. Um, and I, I think this is just, like, I think he's doing, like, a good job at playing this sort of particular bozo guy. Yeah. Uh, like, there's, like, this, a few scenes where he sort of, uh, him and Quali will sort of get in a tiff, and he's trying to have the upper hand by, like, taking her down a peg or like insulting her and she's just like okay like you can't really do this and he's yeah. like lowering his voice to like talk about how she sleeps with a lot of people she's just like buddy <laughs> <laughs> yeah um but yeah and then uh the riley scene i think is pretty funny he looks yeah I mean, he is <laughs> that, that, funny. yes that's, that's a funny yeah. funny bit yes it's it's a it's an interesting I, it does, to have him. It feels a little bit like she was just like just riff, just riff on this. Uh, I mean, the ending of it is very I mean, much like. I mean, this I was like, crazy. I was talking, I was talking with a friend about this, where I was like, did he just hop on on Zoom, and is that what it is? I, I think so. Like, it looks so, like he's it, yeah. at his house, yeah. <laughs> in his own clothes. Yeah, <laughs> and he's like, what's did my character? You, I'm just a yeah. guy who's uh, annoyed at this person trying to get like yeah, some money for me. If you had uh, like sent him into a studio to do that, someone would have done something with his hair. Uh, as opposed to like it looking like he just got out of bed which he probably did and yeah it is just very funny basically that it is he's just like you're not a journalist fuck you lose my number yeah at the end where he's like have you worked for us ever no and he's like yelling at her it reminds me of uh in stepbrothers where he's like hello exactly (laughs) just like his particular way of talking or no not stepbrothers uh boogie nights um but it's mm -hmm. it's a very uh he's just got a funny you know way of talking and it's used very well Mm -hmm. uh and also like that sort of uh the integration of like a zoom (laughs) where it's just like him uh, starting with like the shot of the laptop itself, or for, like whatever the computer, or the monitor, uh, and it's like this crazy blown out image of him like rubbing his eyes and the lights yes. all behind him, and then it like cuts to the like screen recorded footage of it, and it's like much more normal looking. But I was just like, whoa, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. 
that it's a funny it's also a funny scene because it's like i guess like from the beginning this person sort of presents herself as sort of a journalist Mm-hmm. And then that scene, you're like, oh, she just writes like ten interesting things to do in Nicaragua. Yeah, yeah. Like she isn't, she yeah. isn't like a journalist. Really. Right. She's just like, well, yeah, she it, like yeah. lied about getting her press pass so she could go there, right? Like she, sure, yeah. There was like some I, yeah. sort of. I was very confused years. as to like how she had gotten as far as she had gotten. Frankly, I was like, how did she even like get to this point where she is like in how this did, country? And... How did we get as far as we got? <laughs> <laughs> you just you can just say you're a journalist and a lot of people will believe you not everyone eventually but a not lot everyone. of people yeah sure yeah i mean look i i think it's I but think like it's, uh, yeah i also like where she like had connections with like the the high muckety muck up the high up muckety i mean was she like, just like yeah. did kind of have connections and then she pissed yeah. them all off sure yeah i think it's a classic like i think the movie i think in a lot of terms is about uh being white will get you a lot of places and somewhere like that yeah it'll just like uh it'll open a lot of doors and then it'll make it very difficult for you um i will say it was funny to watch this and then immediately i like caught up on the last two episodes of losa spookies and like they are doing a like the ambassador is fixing an election in a Latin American country plotline on that show. And I was like, wow, two in a row. It's, that's interesting. Sure. Yeah. This is another, I think I also watched the thing. Listen, happens a lot. Happens. Yep. It's a problem. Mm-hmm. Sure. Yeah. Only a yeah. You know. Not good. Uh, but I don't know. It's a, uh, Pretty good movie. Quali. Shout out to Quali. Yep. Yeah. Uh, uh, wherever know. that Ethan Cohen movie premieres, someone send me there. Sure. I yeah. I mean, I do. I do generally like Quali. This is maybe the least I've liked her. That's. She's really good in Fosse Verdon. She's really good. Like, I mean, I like her in a lot of things. Uh, I mean, this is. I mean, it's like probably my second least favorite Claire Denis movie. Uh. But, Which is yeah. crazy because you love white material, right? I do quite like white, white material, yes. Um, but yeah, it's like this and Bastards are like the two that I'm like, those don't, <sighs> don't really work for me. Um, yeah. But yeah. Oaksides of the Blade might be like my second least favorite. Sure. <laughs> it might be that and Bastards also. <laughs> yeah, ba- I feel like Bastards maybe is middle to low i remember thinking it was decent but then like i've also seen basically all the other ones i'm I'm, at this point i'm only missing both sides of the blade and uh, i can't sleep Mm -hmm. yeah i'm still missing a few of those early ones i'll get to them and i guess uh you know there's her short that was recently uh discovered the oh yeah or whatever yeah yeah, yeah. from uh, her first um yeah there have been a few things that have come out recently there's the short there's like uh there's a mid-length feature from like not a like early 90s i think that came out that surfaced somewhat recently criterion channel last year had um Towards Matilda, her sort of ballet uh-huh. performance art documentary. Yep. Yeah. 
I, I guess this is what I'll say about these two movies together and about Claire Denis generally. I guess if I was asked to recall some of my favorite things from Claire Denis movies and some of my favorite moments, I feel like very few of them, almost none of them, would involve people talking. Yeah. And I feel like these two movies are some of her talkier movies. Yes. Which I think sort of reflects so like what I think of them relative to though I, I don't know I probably like Stars at Noon is probably middle high to me of her movies I, I do like Stars at Noon but uh, I am interested if, to see if like that's a direction for her uh-huh. or if she'll ever go back like this is something I wrote in that can piece I wrote where it's like I sort of always have enjoyed the elusiveness of her movies and I feel like these movies are sort of mm-hmm. not that elusive Sure, and I mean on the other more end, than on the other end, I like the way both of these movies look. They look very interesting. I am curious if something happened between her and Anya Skidard, or if they'll hook back up at some point. Because there is, that's maybe the only thing that is uh, holding me back from putting the stars at noon among, like, that sort of great run of movies from the aughts is there's not quite the same, like, uh, just, uh, strength of sort of visual tone and consistency that there is in those movies that kind of, I don't know. I... I might think both sides of the blade looks bad. I will say. I think I, I, at looks first I was weird. There's like it GoPro stuff it is, it in is it. Like, I think uh, it's yeah. It's like the it's like the crispest digital. It's just like the like yeah you've ever seen in your life in a way that I don't. I don't know. Like I guess I guess this mo maybe just speaks to the time at which I saw Bo Trevay at but I'm sort of like, maybe her movie should look worse. Maybe that's what I, like, maybe the sort of, like, weird video aesthetic I am sort of into with her, because I obviously love U.S. Go Home or whatever, and, like, and like sure, I mean, I the think I the Friday restoration night, so. of Bo Trevay looks incredible, and I did not, sure. I, I like... mean, that movie is, like, obviously, like, has such an eye that it would look good no matter how I mean, I but... feel like I did not get Beautravai seeing it on the like the old shitty DVD, uh, but I don't know. It was also just the first movies of her that I'd seen. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like Anya Skidard, it looks like maybe took some time off, which makes sense. But is back. She she shot the Ursula Meyer movie, which was premiered somewhere earlier this year. Might have even been. Rotterdam, uh, and yeah, has has shot a few things that are coming out this year or have come out this year, uh, but I don't know, yeah. hasn't worked with Denise since Let the Sunshine In, uh, yeah, yeah, because it's like both sides of the blade I don't think look good, and Spars at Noon I think does look very good, but I think it does look different than all of her. Yes. And they're, those are both ODA, right? The guy who's saying somebody that I used to know? (laughs) Eric Eric Godier uh, (laughs) did indeed shoot both of these movies. Who has shot, like, 
oh, he shot, of course, Aloha, but also has, like, worked with, like, Aseas, and, oh, and he did some of those late Alain Rene movies, uh, did Ashes Purest White, has worked with a lot of different people, and then I know High Life was Yorick Lasso, I think, so. Sure. Like, she has been working with good people, and the movies still yeah. have an interesting visual sense, but, like, yeah. Yeah, I, w- would I, mean, I like don't remember much of it, but I do remember Ash. I do remember Ashes Pierce White looking very good. Yeah, yeah. it's a, a good movie. movie. Um, and we haven't heard yeah. any rumblings about what's next for Denis, right? Like, there's no. No, I don't think so. Chilling. Yeah, she's yeah. I mean, she put two movies out in a year. She certainly <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, is entitled she's... to take a little break. <laughs> yeah, like she's done plenty of interviews, and I haven't seen anyone do the like and what's coming next uh so i don't know yeah mostly just like a lot of questions if there was improv on set <laughs> uh, how is crafty <laughs> um who's the biggest prankster do you think yeah. claire denis would <laughs> straight up just kill somebody if they were like what was crafty like <laughs> i don't think uh, so i don't think she has murder in her blood <laughs> no probably not um, but yeah yeah, she would probably just be like, "What are you talking about?" Uh, yeah, the person would be like, "Excuse me." She just—I mean, she just, like, <laughs> "Look at him." I running on. The I don't want to person... talk to you anymore. Please, <laughs> please go. <laughs> yeah, and, the, and the person is like, "My bad, my bad, my bad." <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, 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 sorry. Uh, um... <laughs> yeah. Play should we, uh, I mean, look for both of these movies to come up in the Can I Kick It Awards next year. Um, yeah, that'll be a fun time. Should we? Well, I, I assume one of them will come up. We'll see. It'll definitely come up. Uh, right, yeah. There'll be, a, sure, there'll be a discussion. I'm sure they'll both be broached at um, some point. Should, do we have any pre- uh, special presentations? I have a huge one. Oh boy! Do you want to go last? Like a like a save best for last sort of level huge. No, like I mean, I'm just ready to go. If we, okay, if we, if we need go one. then. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I went to the Art Institute of Chicago uh, over the weekend. That's right. Last weekend, big city um, color. Yeah, and <laughs> I really want to shout out the Thorn Miniature Rooms. Which is this exhibit, this this wing of the museum, yeah. uh, down, because it's like you walk in, and it's like level one, and here's all this stuff. Level two, there's like the Impressionist European art, uh, and then down on the on the bottom level, it's like there's the photography, and there's like, uh, I think it was like more statues, um, mm-hmm. some uh, Asian art, and the Thorn Miniature Rooms, and... I'll quickly read from the museum's copy that I have a picture of, so bear with me. <laughs> but uh, let me just find, like, uh, it, it was uh, craft people in Chicago created a series of 68 precisely rendered miniature rooms executed on a scale of one inch to one foot. And it's all these different interiors of rooms from different locations. Uh, Narcissa Niblack Thorne is the person who did this. Um and these things, because I was sort of like in a frenzy in the museum. I, yeah, my train got delayed in the morning, so I didn't get there till later. And I was only able to be in the museum for like 55 minutes, basically. And I was just like trying to see everything that I could. And I get to this 
part that's these miniature rooms. And, like, I'll show you, like, a picture. This is this is not helpful for anyone uh, <laughs> listening, obviously. But it's, like, this is just, like, a picture. And it's, like, a diorama box. Yeah. That is, like, uh, the wall and it's sort of right, depressed yeah. in. And it goes back, and they have lighting setups in between, like, the open doors to make it just look <laughs> like a room. And it was blowing my mind. So they're so precise. Yeah. They're so int- uh, intricate. They look gorgeous. Some of the lighting setups, I was like, holy shit, like, this is, like, a gorgeous-looking piece. <laughs> and it's just this little miniature room. <laughs> and I was, like, freaking out. And I was like, I, I had no idea to even, like think to expect that I would have fun looking at the miniature rooms because I didn't know they existed, Andy. And I see <laughs> sure. them and it's these miniature rooms. Why are you calling and me it's out? Like, it's like <laughs> French salon. It's like sure. uh, Virginia kitchen from the 1600s or something. It's yeah. just like all these different little rooms right. that are so precisely built. I was just like this is... It was the point where I was like, art is like too much for me to be able to just look at. Like when I was looking at the paintings, and some of the paintings aren't covered, but I'm just looking at the paintings. I'm like seeing the texture of the yeah. oil, and I'm just like, why am I here? Like I can't <laughs> look at this. <laughs> this is like, it's just a crazy thing to see, like art is so uh, realized. Like you know, a picture of a painting. It's like basically the same thing in a way. You're looking at sure. what it is. Right. But then when you're there and you're seeing it, it's like fucking crazy. I was truly, I, I, I already I'd been like beaten down by like seeing these paintings and be like, what the fuck am I doing here? Like I was just like, I am Googling like how to iron a shirt before I went to the museum and like, sure. I was like fuck it. I'll just do it afterwards and like ran to the museum and I was, I get, I get there and I'm looking at it and it's like all this art that is just like, yeah, this painting was done in like the mid 1600s. Right. Like here it is and it took on this wall to do. and Colin yeah, who like right. spills ketchup on his shirt when he eats a hot dog and just put his grubby hand on it if he wants to. And I was just no, like, you can't. you're not allowed here? to touch the paintings. But, I mean, I'm saying one could. It's like a, a whole room yeah. of cops' guns that I just want to grab. Yeah. You know what I mean? I mean it's crazy. Yeah, so I have two things Colin that I've thought of. One is that uh, weirdly, a really good gallery in the D.C. area, which I was thinking of, because there is a piece that like does interesting stuff with like being set into the wall and like having weird lighting is the convention center has a really cool Mm. art collection in dc it's the Mm. i can't even remember what it's called near mount vernon square the other thing is that i was having a conversation uh with a friend a few weeks ago about art and paintings and she was just like whenever i go to an art museum i just want to lick them Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean the oil painting it yeah. looks so yeah, yeah, yeah. crazy because it's just like you see like the bump of like right. where they had like a fat stroke or whatever <laughs> of like the paint and it's like too thick. Never say the fat in. stroke and, on and this podcast like, <laughs> ever again. <laughs> but I mean, it's just like being so close to objectively like a important part of history is like. Mm-hmm you know, fucking, yeah. like, some Degas painting, and it's, like, Joe Schmo walking through, and, like, yeah, fucking joggers. Like, it was crazy. Museums, they're incredible. They they give access to these things to anyone. I, I, yeah. Wonderful. Like, look at this. This is another miniature room. But it's just, like... 
Yeah, it the, goes all the way back. There's all the really lighting. Tiny. It looks Look so at all crazy. Those things. Yeah. I know, and I was just like, "Well, <laughs> I want to be here. I want to <laughs> walk into the room now." <laughs> oh, looking to reverse night at the museum. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> what's that book where they live in the New York History Museum? Uh, like... The mixed up files of Mrs. Basley. Yes, Frank Basley, Wiley. Frank Wiley. Yeah, that's right. Like, uh, maybe I'll give it a read. <laughs> so do you, do you <laughs> yeah. also want to plug your Flickr, Cullen? <laughs> yeah, oh. you want to see a bunch of pictures that I took at a museum, paintings with glares on them? <laughs> <laughs> you can look at that on, on my flick. <laughs> Great. I can uh, anyone go. else? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, go, go Jesse. Uh, uh, I have been feeling drawn to listen to 808S and Heartbreak several times over the last week for some reason and uh reason the news. right I am aware uh it's been interesting to listen to great interesting album yeah I really loved Paranoid a lot when I was a kid yeah that's a good one there's the, I think Paranoid and Robocop back-to-back is, like, that's when it really starts hitting, but the thing as a whole is just, I don't know, it's kind of entrancing. Mm-hmm. Um, Andy? Sure. You uh, want to plug Life of Pablo, Andy? <laughs> so, fuck off. Um, (laughs) uh, two quick things one is uh, if you are a person who has uh, federal student loans if you go to uh, studentaid.gov and fill out the form you can have up to uh, 10,000 or 20,000 if you're a Pell Grant recipient uh, discharged uh, for for nothing Uh, so you should go do that by the end of this month if you don't want to have to resume payments when the payments start in January second uh, I have been listening a lot to the uh, new, brand new Into the Woods uh, revival cast recording, of course. Um, and I just want to say Brian Darcy James's No More is the best that I've ever heard. And it's just incredible and it moves me to tears. Uh, great album in general. Always love to listen to a new version of Into the Woods. Uh, but yeah, that track in particular, Brian Darcy James singing No More, uh, I think is just uh, really special. Emilio? Uh, yeah, I remembered what I was talking about when I, when I mentioned earlier that I saw another thing that had, like, government being overthrown or whatever. It wasn't something I saw, but it was something I read. Uh The Sympathizer. The Sympathizer, I finished reading. It has a lot of good stuff in it. I think it's pretty good overall. Maybe, maybe, uh... Is too eager to participate in its own self criticism, and it can maybe get a little like too self aware and too self in annoying in that regard. But I think it's pretty good. And it's very interesting. I do think it is like an interesting thing to sort of read in concert or like next to the starting mm-hmm. of just like that sort of historical perspective on that sort of thing with a very interesting but very troubled character very interested in how it's going to be adapted because a lot of it hinges on a thing on a series of images that I'm sure that are like I don't even know if you can show that on television so were you reading it thinking about Robert Downey Jr 
it doesn't have that many white it has like a couple of white characters and they're not like big things i don't know who he's playing <laughs> like like he he certainly is not gonna play the main character and he's certainly not gonna play like most of the other like main side characters so i am wondering like how much he is going to be in it or how much he's just gonna play with, mm-hmm. like be a producer on it or whatever <laughs> right yeah when I was reading Star uh, Stars at Noon, I was like picturing it as the people, and then it basically lives up to that. Uh, but the opposite of that, just very quickly, when I read uh, Sisters Brothers in anticipation of the film, I had Joaquin and John C. Riley swapped. Uh, like mm. whatever I'd seen, like some IMDb's whatever had them in the wrong roles initially. Mm-hmm. So when I read it, I had that in my mind, and when I saw it, I was like, "What the fuck? This is crazy." <laughs> They really fucked with you specifically. Yeah, they got my ass. Jacques Odiard was like, you're going to hate this and you're going to hate a movie I put out in a few years. <laughs> anyway, and with that. Sure. If you want to follow the podcast on Twitter, you can do so at Can I Kick It. If you want to follow us on Letterboxd or Instagram, we're at CIKI Pod. You can email us uh, questions or comments or anything. At can I kick it pod at gmail.com. If you want to give us any donations of money, mm-hmm. you can do so at, at yeah, if you get your student loan relief and you're like, I got all this extra money now, <laughs> send some can I kick its way. Yeah, and, I had to pay uh, for both to rent both movies this week. It's a real, you know, <laughs> just saying. Yeah, <laughs> uh, you yeah, just, just, just calculate whatever your student loan payment would have been and then mm-hmm. send that money to us. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, uh, that if you want to do that, though, that is at uh, coffee.com slash canai, ko-fi.com slash c-a-n-n-e-s-i. I don't think I said this last week, uh, but our theme song is by Tree Related, who's on Spotify and SoundCloud at Tree Related. Uh, we thank them for our song. It's, uh, you know, one of the best songs ever written. And... Uh, <laughs> If you want to follow me on Twitter, you can do so at Clatchley, C-L-A-T-C-H-L-E-Y. Andy? A-N-D-Y-T-G-E-R-M is in Mary. Emilio? I'm Laugh Alone on Twitter. <laughs> I Laugh Alone on Letterboxd. <laughs> and then Jesse? <laughs> Uh, J-C-P-G-L-I-C-K-W-E-B-B-E-R, J-C-P-Glick-Weber. And with that, I will release our audience. Bye. 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 <laughs>